Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. As always, I am joined by Joe Dorva. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? Not much. we got a lot to get to this week. Our not, um, another Monday edition, so we're going to have a lot of NFL talk. We're going to get to some NCAA football and then also the Major League Baseball playoffs. Then we'll get into the quick hits and the walk-offs. But first, let's kick it off with some football. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. All right. First game I wanted to talk to you about was the epic Derrick Henry-a-thon, the king himself. Tennessee coming back against Houston and winning that game in overtime. What would you think about this? Did you? Um, I thought Derrick Henry listened to the pod because we know everybody's an avid listener to the pod, and he <laughs> ran the ball down your proverbial throat because you say that the running back is – the most overpaid, useless position. Anybody could do it. You hate saying it because you played in the backfield, but any old guy could do it. And Derrick Henry gave you, what, 200-plus yards another, on the ground? Another 200-plus yard game. Another 50 receiving yards out of the backfield. He looked like a juggernaut. I know. He was great. I love the way he runs, the way he just throws people off of him. We talked about it last He did it last week, too. He did it again this week when they did the direct snap for him in uh, overtime to win that game. And you're right. I say it all the time. You know, Mike Davis has shown it in Carolina. We've seen Pollard um, in the oh, beginning of the game me. this week. Don't give me the Coming in for outliers. Zeke. No, I know, I know. But you're right. When you have that, that when it's all when it's all clicking, man, it's it's hard to stop. I was, I was really happy for Houston kind of turning it around, though, making it a game against Tennessee. It was a really great game. Went down to the wire, obviously. It went into overtime. Everyone's kind of getting on Romeo Cornell's case for going for two and basically the win. Um, yeah. And then they missed that, and then Tennessee was able to come back. But, I mean, you have to do stuff like that when, you're, when you your record is what it is. You've got winning. you got nothing yeah, to you lose. Gotta, a, he's a fill-in coach. He has nothing to lose. Go for the win. You want to win the game. Yep. We play to win the game. I feel the same way about but this, it was the a, same way I felt about Mike Zimmer last week and going for it on fourth and one. You don't – you've seen what Derrick Henry has been doing to your team. You've seen what Tannehill has yeah, been doing to your exactly. team. exactly. We don't want to give them the ball with an opportunity to win the game, so let's try to put it out of reach. Yep, absolutely. I completely agree. It was – um, and Ryan Tannehill was no slouch. I'm, And I feel like we're, we're having the same conversations every week about these games because um, – this is exactly what we said last week. Derrick Henry did a lot of the heavy lifting. Ryan Tannehill was kind of in the shadows, doing his thing. Still went thirty-one of forty, or excuse me, thirty of forty-one, three hundred sixty-four yards. So it's not like, you know, it's not like he was a game manager. Like, and they no. came back. Like they came he back. He contributed and, big to you know. Them. Yeah. So. I, I mean, that was I was really excited to see such a good game. I was happy for Houston to come back like we've talked about before in the past. Deshaun Watson's a really good quarterback. I would hate for him to get um, David Card out there in Houston, just, you know, not being able to take it, them take advantage of his skill set. But, I mean, four touchdowns, no turnovers for him. He was only sacked twice, which is 
less than what's usually happening to him. So all in all, I really like this game. I think the Houston Texans are making some noise. But what do you think? you think the Titans are are here to, to play in the AFC? I think the Titans are for real. Um, I mean, they're carrying the whole uh, – their division. Um, oh, yeah, for outside sure. Outside <laughs> of the Colts. I was outside of the Colts. I mean, you guys – between you guys and the Texans, um, it's a bit of a cluster F. Um, so, yeah, they're yeah. definitely going to make the playoffs with their 5-0. and oh. And let's not forget, they just played on Tuesday. This is a this is, a, this I is know. one of the quicker turnarounds uh, ever. <laughs> Not only that, but when they we when they played on Tuesday, they had no they had basically not practiced the whole week prior. So yeah. they basically but, played two like games in less than a week on almost no practice. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. they've been they've been out of their minds. I think I think uh, Mike Vrabel is going to be is going to go down as Bill Belichick's best pupil because you know a lot of people leave the Patriots and don't end up doing anything. But I think Mike Vrabel is you know I think he's doing something there. He's got that old school mentality that defense first. We're going to run it down your throat, and he's he's doing well with that. Well, I I've been hearing this. I don't was he on the coaching staff there? No, but I think it's. I, was, I know I'm he just, was a player there. But I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just making he, sure I didn't miss a step in his trajectory. No, no, no. He played there, and then he went to um, he I went to he Kansas City for a little while, and then coached in Texas, and then he became he was a coordinator, and now he's the uh, head coach. For now the he's Titans. the head coach at Tennessee. Okay, yeah. Just making because uh, is that technically Belichick's tree? No, and I guess that's why he's having so much success because most <laughs> yeah. of the guys out of the tree don't have the success. Yeah, most of the guys at the tree usually are deemed like they're anointed the next thing. Look at uh, uh, who's your guy in De- Detroit, your boy? He's not my guy. I don't know why you would <laughs> say your guy, Matt Patricia. But, I mean, Matt it Patricia. To, it happened to Josh McDaniels in Denver. Josh McDaniels, even though he had success in Denver, he made Tebow look like a, a capable quarterback. Yeah. Um, it, Romeo Cornell had had opportunity. Charlie Weiss, uh, Notre Dame is, I think, still paying him. Um, yep. So yeah, uh, and Kansas might still be paying him too. Jeez. Um, yeah, that's that guy parlayed that into a couple jobs. But um, yeah, I think Vable's the best of the. I guess you could say Belichick lineage, not yeah. coaching tree. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to stay in the AFC. I wanted to talk about uh, the oh, Miami wait, are Jets. Are we not going to talk about? Uh, are we not going to talk about Vrabel's uh, excellent time management technique? Did you catch that? Yeah, he did it again. He did this a few. Was it this yeah, season or like last a, season? He did it in 2018. Okay, so two seasons. I think ago. last season he did like a weird. Uh, he kept taking delay of game to like yeah, move the yeah, punter back kept, or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> Because they, I won't, I think they wouldn't stop the, the clock, so he just kept taking the penalties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He took, like, two delay of game penalties to knock off, like, 80 seconds off the clock. Yeah, but yesterday, yeah, yeah. Um, he ran somebody onto the field late so they could get uh, 12 men on the field, stop the clock, and preserve time yeah, <laughs> without wasting a timeout. He's he's a real manipulator when it comes to it's funny too because we look at some of these coaches that have the stigma of they're really bad at time management. Yeah, like Andy Reid is obviously the most famous case, um, and yeah. you remember that from when he was in Philadelphia because that's where he got You're that rap. Trying to harbor bad. No, no, I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying that's where he got the rap um, of being really bad with time management. But then Mike Vrabel is like on the other side of it, like bending if not breaking rules to try yeah. and manipulating the rules to. Uh, 
his benefit is yeah it's for sure dope as heck but yeah all right sorry continue with the no 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 i just um i wanted to stay in the afc though we uh, actually moved this from the one more round into the big so we could talk about it a little bit more adam gase yeah. is gonna be out as the new york jets head coach adam gase i don't know how he's not fired yet um it's now 10 almost 11 o'clock for to get, give you a little insight into when we're recording this. But you lose 24-0 um, to the Dolphins. And your offensive coach, I, funny stat, he's been, he's has more double-digit losses than wins in his entire coaching career. I saw that. I saw that he's like 30 <laughs> and 41, but out of those 41 losses, like 31 of them have come by double digits. Double digits. digits. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's insane. It's, it's crazy. How do you not put up? Any points. Like, I well, understand Joe Flacco's your quarterback this week. And yeah. Frank Gore's your running back this week. The has ageless be, wonder Frank Gore. This has to be by far the oldest uh, quarterback running back duo, by the way. But I'm yeah. looking at I'm looking at these uh, receivers, and they have no one to that, that you would want on your team. I don't know. Brashard Perriman's pretty good. Brashard Perriman looked good last year because he was in an offense yeah. where all they did was throw the ball. But before that, Brashard Perriman was synonymous with bus. Yeah, out of UCF. He was, I didn't realize he was picked in the first round. Yes, he was a first-round pick by the Baltimore Ravens. They thought he was going to be a good receiver, and he never yeah. showed anything. A lot of drops, never showed any what? promise. They got rid of him. Yeah, it's the drops that, that kill you. It's uh, The big reason I wanted to talk about this game, too, was not only so you and I can you know hit home the point that Adam Gase needs to be out, but also Miami Dolphins, there was no Fitz magic really in this one. I mean, he had three touchdowns, but he did throw two, uh, two picks, but still finished the game, you know, like I said, with three touchdowns, 191 yards, 18 to 27. But it's not like the games that he's had earlier this um, this season. You know, the one against the Jags where he just lit everybody up, and then the one he had last week um, where they scored what was it, 40 something points. But yeah, um, so it wasn't anything crazy like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he still had a still had a, a decent game. And the big news coming out of this game is Tua Tungavaloa was put in when there was uh, about a minute 30 wow, left good in the fourth quarter. Buddy. Oh, yeah. I'm on this. That's man. better pronunciation than Mike. Boom. What's up? Woo! This guy's on fire. That's better pronunciation than a lot of the uh, people on TV doing it. Like, some guys no, are, no, have just stopped trying to say it. They just call him Tua now. Yeah. Tanga Valoa. But um, he uh, got in, and that was really cool to see. I know Adam Schefter blew it up on Instagram and everything, and everyone's been talking about it. But it was just about a year ago where... He had a season-ending injury that needed a, a, almost immediate surgery, and people didn't know if he was going to be able to continue to play. And then he was yeah. able to get some reps in at, on well, the wasn't NFL even level. Still taking, ending? you know, because didn't he get hurt initially and then tried to play through it, right? Or is that a different? Yeah, so injury? he had was got that the ankle injury. It, That's right, because he had got the ankle injury the, first, yeah, and then he got yeah, the hip yeah, yeah. injury, yeah. Yeah, so if the timeline, if I'm correct on the timeline, he had gotten a hip injury, then he had gotten an ankle injury, then he came back, and then he got the hip in, another hip injury on the, the other side, and then, then that's when everyone was like, he's injury prone. Like, this is mm. the third time he's had to have surgery, second time he's Might missed be, a substantial portion of the season. I think, it was, I think it's ankle, ankle, hip. I think it was ankle, was it? ankle, okay. hip. I just, yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. But then it was, um, but then, you know, it was obviously a big deal. Um, he was projected to go number one, easy projected to go number one before the college football season from two years ago. So then getting hurt, it was just really cool to see him out there. You know, he only went to two, he went two of two for nine yards, but still, you know, getting out there running around, you know, it's, yeah, it's it was it a great was thing cool. to see. It was cool. Also, like a lot of the cool things about it was one, uh, like I advocated for last week with Fitzpatrick and the team playing well, it puts less pressure on him. So it's not like he got it in relief and it wasn't like, hey, go save us now. Like, no, you don't have to worry about yeah. that. You can still you're up 24 nothing. Yeah. yeah, you can still progress and, you know, just go out there and get a sense of the feel. And Fitzpatrick uh, was rooting him on. He was cheering for him. So it's like, hey, oh, this, yeah, well, they he, are a team. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's yeah, it. that's exactly what I was gonna say. Fitzpatrick knows exactly why he was brought to the Dolphins. He knows what his what you know what he's supposed to be doing there, and that's his job as the veteran journeyman. His job is to keep them afloat, keep them respectable, have those Fitz Magic games every once in a while, and to mentor and tutor Tungavaloa. That's what he's there for, and he's so good about being like, all right, like he's just he's a team guy all the way around. That's why guys love playing for him that's why he's been in the league as long as he's been in the league because people know the value of having a guy like that on their team yeah i also yeah, wanted it, to mention cool uh, joe flacco like a taking a 28 oh yeah joe flacco taking the 28 yard sack was hilarious <laughs> sight to behold um i don't know if you caught that but uh he took the, <laughs> took the snap <laughs> yeah he tried to Try to roll right, then try to roll left, and then just get backing up. It's like something in Madden when you have like Mike Vick or Lamar or something like that, where you hike the ball and then just run backwards to oh, try that's and like, space out the go? defense. I was gonna say it's like Madden when I was playing with my nephew and he didn't understand that running backwards to the end zone is not the way to go. You gotta run to the end oh, zone. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's even better. Yeah, I was okay. just thinking because when I used to play with the really fast guys, I would snap it when I was younger and I would like sprint backwards and then you know it's, it's just like in yeah. basketball it gives you spacing and then you could like juke people out and run but no, joe flacco's I, not built for that so i don't understand yeah, what I he say, was doing i understood your uh uh your uh geez, your explanation of it but the way he did it didn't look cool like when we would yeah. do those with mike Vick <laughs> and them <laughs> it looked like he didn't know what oh he was man doing. <laughs> it was brutal it was it was brutal Oh man! Oh god! But yeah, the Dolphins. Well, during it, I'm actually going to talk more about the Dolphins later in the quick hit. So we'll get we'll cool, get cool, back cool. to the the Finns coming out of Miami. Um, I might have I might have um apologized a little too early to Baker Mayfield. Speaking of, <laughs> I um, think I, I said to talk you Cleveland Browns. You did. I want to talk Cleveland Browns at Pittsburgh. Um, the Steelers. I. Uh, I'm starting to realize why people in the broadcasting world and in uh, sports media have their takes and then they stand by them, like to their own detriment. <laughs> I, I understand I love it now. Because after you flip flopped on your position of this take now. Because <laughs> at first you were like, ah, I was premature. What? Now you're like, I'm premature on saying I was premature. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is I'm you know me. I'm the biggest advocate of no one's bad in the NFL. It's just the breaks of the game. Everyone's good. Everyone gets paid. You know, I say it every week. I say it all the time. And then when I had this take, I was like, oh, you know, they're they're not going to be good this year. They're overhyped. They've got too many personalities on the team and not enough like 
team players and stuff. And then I don't know why. I just thought maybe I was wrong. After four weeks into the season, I thought I'm wrong. I apologize. I said it on the show. And then the Steelers came out and must have heard the podcast because they were like, <laughs> nah, nah, man, you were right. Um, Cleveland Browns well, 7, I mean, Pittsburgh Steelers also, 38. There was also a bit of an undertone to this game um, with everything that happened last year with Garrett and uh, Rudolph and yep. all that bad blood. Um, and, I mean, Pittsburgh this year, they, they got Ben back. Uh, as much as I don't like Ben as a human being, um, he's still a really good quarterback, and they get him weapons. There is no team that gets their guys weapons that everybody's like, oh, how did we pass on him, like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, they, they find receivers in the second and third round, too. It's not even like they're wasting – or not, I shouldn't say wasting. Second, it's not like third, fourth, fifth – I think Antonio Brown, when he got there, was like a six-round pick or something. Third. Third? Oh, no, oh, okay. I got to look this up. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but yeah, um, I mean, they had found Mike Wallace. No, I know, I know, I never heard of Mike Wallace prior to that. Yeah, um, no, me neither James on that. Washington. Uh, well, the same thing with Juju. D- yeah, Juju, Darius Hayward Bay. Like, they keep finding these guys out of nowhere. I know, and that's insane, too. They, they, I don't know if it's development or if it's just they find. They have they, to have the best scouting team. Yeah, they just know exactly what they're looking for, so that's what they, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, Baker fifth. played like fifth pick. Okay, I was, I was close. I was close. Baker played like dirt trash. Baker got benched in this game. Oh, well, Baker apparently was come came into the game with an injury, um, with a rib injury. Got roughed up. Uh, got pressured the most he had been by any team prior. I think he was pressured like fifty two percent of his dropbacks. Um, the Steelers, if nothing else, they have a really good defense. I know this because the Eagles lost to them last week. Yep. And um, they get after the quarterback, and they come with bad intentions. Yeah. And that's before the whole uh, Miles Garrett backstory. <laughs> They're yeah. coming with bad intentions. I know a lot of our listeners are screaming into their car right now. Um, you were right. He was projected in the fifth or the sixth, was taken in the sixth with a pick they got from the Arizona Cardinals. So you Boom! Count it! Count it. Yeah, it's um that defense is great. And that Minka Fitzpatrick, I know people say all the time, like, I would never trade a first or a second round pick. That's capital. Like you that's potential. You never want to trade that. I would trade two or three first round picks with the way Minka Fitzpatrick is playing. Like Yep. You you have a fifty fifty shot in the first round anyway, and then that's not barring injury or anything else like that. And Minka Fitzpatrick is playing out of his mind. So that Hats off to them for making that trade. And you got to you got to look at when they made that trade. That was at the start of his second year, so they still get um, the three plus years plus the fifth year option on it. It was it was essentially like you got a pick from last year. Yeah, it was a trade off. Um, that's why they call it a trade, Brian, uh, Joe. Uh, so yeah, um, but yeah, no, he's <laughs> been phenomenal since getting there. Uh, he's paid dividends, and yeah, no, that trade looks. So they look like the smart guys, I'll tell you that. Yeah, definitely. Do you think the Browns um, – I know we've talked about it before. I know I've said it before. I am on the record. Odell will never say anything really to the media, but with his body language and everything, him slamming his helmet down at the end of that game, what do you – I'm smelling – I'm smelling they pulled Baker for his own protection, quote-unquote. Odell was kind of getting frustrated towards the end of that game. I think if, if they lose one or two more games in the next couple of weeks, I think this, this might spiral out of control. 
Well, the funny thing is, I mean, they're four and two, and people are creating all these narratives. The issue is Baker's gotten, Baker got drafted based on his pinpoint accuracy and has become less accurate and has thrown more turnovers, um, had more turnovers than I think a lot of us anticipated him having. I think this is his second game in a row with two INTs, yep. and then you had one for the pick six. But, I mean, if we look at the rest of their schedule, they have a winnable schedule um, throughout. But also, the teams they beat were Cincinnati, Washington, Dallas, and then Indianapolis, which is such a fucking roller coaster because Philip yeah, Rivers exists so down. to be a roller coaster. I thought they were going to lose that game yesterday. We're not talking about that game, but I thought they were going to lose that game yesterday to Cincinnati. Everyone did. Um, they were down by th- they were down by twenty one <laughs> points. <laughs> I was so bad because like I woke up, I woke up, and then I went to our pick'em thing, and I was like, you know what? I think Cincinnati could pull this off. And then I was I like, nah. I was like, nah, the Colts got this. Oh, lose. I took Cincinnati. And so I kept it with the Colts. And then, like, after 10 minutes, it's 21 zip. I'm like, what the hell? And then they <laughs> ended up getting the shit back right. I was like, but I was like, jeez, man, that's annoying. <clears throat> but to your point, the um, games they have remaining, the, the toughest games they have remaining are um, Titans, Steelers, uh, Raiders, Baltimore. I guess you could put in there, and then Baltimore. Other than that, it's yeah. Giants, Jets. Uh, no offense, Phillies. No offense to me, yeah. Jags. So all those are winnable games. Yeah, those are winnable games. They got the Jets in there. Yeah, got yeah, yeah. Games. yeah. So they they might be all right. But what I'm saying is, if they lose to the Bengals next week and then lose to the Raiders, this might spiral way out of control. With oh the, yeah, if with that's some of the hotheads they yes. have in there, yeah. And um, they I would you know Nick Chubb would have been a huge relief. The ground and pound yeah. with Nick Chubb. I mean, they've got Kareem Hunt. Only went for forty yards though, and he's more but of Pittsburgh. A, Pittsburgh is good defensively, yeah, man. They, for sure. They don't give up a ton of rushing. Like last week, uh, when the Eagles played them, uh, Miles Sanders had one big run for seventy-four yards. Outside of that, he had a he had ten other carries for like six yards. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so they, they, they're they're a really good defensive team. Definitely bringing that that steel curtain back. As Little Wayne yeah. said, "What is that velvet?" Oh. <laughs> Moving on. Wayne reference from the person I bet you didn't expect. <laughs> Never expected from me, man. Um, we're gonna. I wanted to talk about speaking of um, that little Wayne song, which is about the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers Ooh. versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, God, that um, segue, huh? How about that can, segue? Let's let's talk about this game in steps. So the okay. game starts off. <clears throat> Packers go up ten. My guy, Rodgers, my guy, I like Rodgers a lot. I know some yeah. people think he's arrogant, but I like arrogance. Um, I like You, you are on the arrogance. record for saying that. I like warranted arrogance. Um, Roger gives a little double thrust uh, from Key and Peele. Um, <laughs> and then proceeds to throw a pick six. And then another pick, which essentially was a pick six because it got the ball down to like the five. And then it got ran in. And then, uh, yeah. Uh, he never really played well again. Yeah, they uh, Tampa Bay scoring thirty eight unanswered points um, from the second quarter on. Uh, it was the, like you said, the pick six, the second pick. Um, no, he he was what he had no interceptions this whole year until this game was sacked no four times. This whole year. He um, hadn't I, thrown two picks in a game since like twenty seventeen, which is insane. I mean, he's. <laughs> He'll bounce back from this. Everyone knows he's going to bounce back from yeah. this. But I've been saying since week one, because I play with them on Madden from last year, that Tampa Bay has a very good defense. The reason why yes. they 
they were not very good last year was not because of the defense. It was a lot had to do with Jameis Winston turning the ball over constantly. And putting the defense in very bad situations. Yeah, and if you're on the field that much, like you're going to get, you know what I mean? Like the defense is going to get tired. So I've always had faith in their defense. Uh, Tampa wanted to make up for uh, what happened with that whole fourth down debacle. What did you just say? Tampa. Tampa Brady. Okay, just making sure I heard that correctly. Proceed. Yeah, it's it's Tampa. Tampa Bay. Okay, I'm just looking for other uh, co-hosts for the show now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he came back in a big, bad way. You know, he um, he didn't really, uh, you know, throw it all over the yard. He was 17 of uh, 27, only 166 yards, but he did have the two touchdowns, connecting with Gronk for a touchdown, which was a, a sight for sore eyes for those uh, former Patriots fans that are now Bucks fans because – most people are <laughs> running pieces of garbage. Uh, Ronald um, Jones had another great game, too. I love to see him run the ball because, again, he's another. Do you know when Gronk's last touchdown pass from Brady was? It was before the playoffs of okay. 2018. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. Right? Wow. Yeah, because he retired last year. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Nuts, it was before nuts. the playoffs of 2000. Because he didn't, he didn't score a touchdown in the, the playoffs because they only had that uh, – yeah, I, I remember hearing that stat somewhere. Was it was before yeah. the playoffs? Um, but I, wow. Ronald Jones had 113 yards. I love to see you know 200 plus pound running backs like you know lighten it up. That's always a good thing. Uh, and, Leonard, I mean that uh, I think it was last week we talked about Arians sticking with Ronald Jones. He when they brought Fournette in, they brought uh, Shady McCoy in. Yeah, everybody was like, oh, they're gonna give them the ball, and Marin's like, nope, that's our guy. Yeah. I'm always happy to see this as a Jaguars fan. Leonard Fournette did not get a single carry, so suck it. I think he was hurt, but okay. whatever. I don't care. He's not <laughs> on the box score. That's all that matters to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, great game from uh, Tampa, and it's really weird. I don't know if it's the COVID thing. I don't know if this is recency bias or this happens every year. But tell me if you feel the same way. It feels like the first six weeks of the season have been totally up and down. Like the Cardinals, I blowing. think it's COVID. Yeah, okay, because like personally, like the Bills are playing really well, but then they got then they got lit up, and then um, like the whole thing with the Forty ers all those injuries, so then they lose, and everyone expected them to lose, but then they turn around and like win. Yeah, like and they win last night. It's yeah, all it's, confusing. I'm I'm so lost because like, and well, I think it's two things. I think one, it's this is just football. I mean, yeah. this kind of happens. I mean. You, no team goes as Wilbon said earlier today. A thirteen and three is a good record. Like you're gonna lose some game. No one goes. Yeah. There's a reason why no one's gone undefeated since the '72 Dolphins, and then you had the Patriots make a run for it, but they fell short. But um, I mean, you're gonna see some of the, you're gonna see some games where people just don't get up for it. But, no, yeah, you're definitely right about that. It's just it's weird because some of these teams that we all thought were really good at the beginning of the year, like going in, like the Colts, for example, like they're so up and down. And then yeah. for Rodgers to be playing as well as he did, and I get it, like he had an off game, and that happens. Like I say all, all we say all the time, you know, opportunity and execution and everything. But like it's just it's weird to see what happened at Tampa last week and then come back and beat like the team we all think is going to be, yeah. I predicted to be in the NFC championship game to just, just like blow them out like this. It's kind of like, what is happening? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a couple of things. It's, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, fake teams out there. Um, 
And sometimes you stack wins on some of those fake teams, and then when you re- meet up with a real team, you're like, oh, snap, uh, we were playing, like, half speed because we were kind of cruising. So, yeah. like Roger said in his post-game conference, like, we were kind of cruising, smell our own shit. And then you look at who they played, and it was, like, Detroit, the Saints defense, which is god-awful. Um, yeah. The Falcons, Minnesota, that looks trash. So, some of the teams they were beating were kind of bottom feeders as far as defense, so their offense was just clicking. They ran up against a real defense, and they're like, oh, yeah. so we, we got to like really put a game plan. We have to protect time. Aaron Rodgers? What's this? <laughs> yeah, and they're dealing with an uh, offensive line issue. I think Bakhtiari got hurt. Um, I mean, that game was out of hand. pronunciation. You nailed that one. That game was <laughs> out of hand before he went down, though. Yeah, but, um, but I'm saying things they got to uh, assess moving forward. Yeah, um, for sure, definitely. Yeah, I just he was getting hit. It's just weird because, like, then you have some teams like Houston, who everyone thought was going to be pretty good, and then to open up your season like that against you know the Chiefs and the Ravens and everything, it's yeah. like you can't you can't buy a win. Yeah. And then you know yeah. we beat the Colts, and then we played really well against the Titans, and now we look like dog shit. So it's just so yeah. weird how it's like. I mean, wait, no, the Eagles were up seventeen zero on Washington, and I was like, all right, you know what? Even though all this injuries are offensive line, we we got a good little outlook, here. and then we've been outscored since then. Yeah, <laughs> and we got a tie just, uh, with the Bengals. I'm gonna save this I, for. <laughs> this is why we love the game, though. This is why we Hate play the game. The game. Yeah. Most most weeks, trust me. You're a Philly <laughs> fan. I'm a Jags fan. Most of the time, I'm screaming at the TV. <clears throat> All right, one more round. Let's do it. One more round. Let's do it. You're up first. That's a lot shorter than last week. I was expecting. I wanted it to, to go with the short one. <laughs> I made two. I made a long version uh, and a short version. Sweet. All right, let's do it. Atlanta, Minnesota is the first one we wanted to get to. Um, your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts? What do you want to say? Uh, how soon is Mike Zimmer on the hot seat talks are coming? Um, Kirk Cousin is dash, like I've always said. Um, and hey to the Falcons for getting a win on the day where the Braves lost. So, yeah, big win for the Falcons. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan getting back into form. Um, 30 of 40, 371, four touchdowns. It's the Matt Ryan of old. Um, Hooking up we'll with see if Julio. It's sustainable. Yeah, first time in a long time that they've. Had a multiple. He's had a multiple touchdown game, so it's good. Good to see. I just wanted to throw this in here just because it's Atlanta's first win. It's a big win. If it was last year, it would have been a huge win because the Vikings were good. Everyone thought, <laughs> but uh, still, a win's a win. And as speaking of from a guy whose team only has one win, also a win's a win, baby. Yeah, trust me, I know this. One more round. <laughs> The Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we lose more bodies. Um, I, I don't know what is going on. Uh, we we tried to make a comeback late against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, who looked uh, pretty perfect for the first half, and then looked to just take the gas foot off the pedal in the second half. Um, Wentz has no one to throw to. Zach Ertz is now out. I believe Miles Sanders also got hurt. I it's a shit show. I'm sorry. Yeah, they um they kept it close. I mean, the final score, like you said, it was it was actually you know seventeen nothing, and then they kind of came back. Um, but uh, the Zach Ertz thing, because they were even there was talks about them trying to maybe move him with everything yeah. that was going on this season, and then he went down. So you, now you you can't trade an you injured can't. player against <laughs> NFL policy. Um, no. So uh, 
I don't know. It was good to see. I mean, they racked up, what, 22 points in the fourth quarter, so it's not like like we said last week, um, and my whole walk-off was based on, you know, they're trying to get next man up mentality going, but they just can't. They're losing too many bodies. They lost two more uh, two more guys this week, so it's they're just losing a lot of bodies. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... One more round. All right, my Jacksonville Jaguars lose at home to the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford lit us up. Uh, only no. went 19 to 31. Didn't even have good stats, but still, he uh, he played really well. Um, had five rushes for 14 yards, and those were killers. Because, like I said, if you look at the box score, it doesn't look like he you know did all that much. But those runs, when you know it's first down, you know he's picking up first downs. Defense um, didn't play very well. Gardner Minshew, like I talk about every week, does not look comfortable in the pocket. Always has gaudy numbers, it seems like, but does not look comfortable when you watch the game in the pocket. He looks scared. He looks like he's always like trying to run. Um, big shout-out, though, former Jaguar Ryan uh, Davis. Got to meet him the other day. Super sweet guy. Just oh, wanted nice. to throw that in there. Um, from Bethune-Cookman out of Daytona. Thanks for listening to the pod, Ryan. Yeah, but um, anyway, uh, my Jaguars, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't know what happened. We beat the Colts, we played the Titans to within three, and we've just lost all sorts of mojo and momentum. So, yeah, I a lot know of injuries. What it was. I, I watched some of the game, and like you said, Minshew looked to be a little antsy. Like, you guys got down in the red zone, and he just kept, like, lofting the ball way over people's head to the back of the end zone. To the yeah, he's doing line. this thing, too, where he, as soon as he gets the snap, he immediately does what we were just laughing about with Joe Flacco. He'll start to, like, it's almost like he gets the snap, like, checks his first read if it's not there he like tries to take off and make something yeah. happen and that's why we loved him last year because you could get out of the pocket and make stuff happen but it's just he always looks like he's trying to run first which and mm. after watching some of the mike leach games this past year um <laughs> i can see where he gets that mentality because it's with mike leach's offense that air raid it's ride or die it's like yeah. you're either going to score 80 yeah, times a game, you're going to so. score 100 <laughs> points or you're going to have 10 picks like it's it's yeah. ride or die so and especially after watching i was watching the uh mississippi state game uh this past week um and like the quarterback like the very first drive through for like 70 yards down the field touchdown. Mm. Then it was like, pick, 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 pick. So yeah. I, was like, I was like, all right, I kind of, I kind of see where these gaudy well, there stats was a come game from. Like that. We'll get to that one in a second. Um, <laughs> anyway, but, uh, the other thing um, to piggyback on what you're saying, when you, when you leave the pocket like that, the defense doesn't even have to worry about that other half of the, the field anymore. Because if you're going to throw it back across your body, it's going to be a terrible position, and you're going to throw an interception. And he had yeah, because the ball's just going to hang in the air if yeah. you try to throw so it. So that. that is another reason why that's that mentality is super terrible because you're immediately just helping the defense. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, sometimes, like I said, sometimes he breaks the pocket and then will launch it downfield, and then Chenault or uh, Chark or somebody will make a crazy catch, and you're like, oh my god, and you get all hyped up, but then. There's other times where he just gets sacked or he just runs out of yeah. bounds. And you're like, what What are we doing here, The hardest here, place to do that is in the red zone because there's not much to – that's why a lot of teams like the bend, don't break because if we yeah. can just hold you up and force you to kick field goals, like that's – Yeah, there's not enough real estate. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I forgot I was doing this bit. <laughs> One more round. Speaking of kicking field goals. Oh, wow, that was a great segue. I didn't even see that coming. I am um, a professional. Uh, how many was it? Eight? Did he get to eight the record, or did he stop at six? No, it was six. 
He stopped at six. We're talking about Denver versus the Patriots. Um, I don't even care really to talk about this game in the context of the game. I more so wanted to say, do you think, because the Patriots had their facilities shut down a few times this week. Cam yep. was coming off of COVID himself. Do you think this game was scheduled too fast? Um. No, I think. I mean, um, they had to play because they couldn't. Uh, that's what I was going to say. They had to play. Yeah. I think. I think the Patriots are going to be really fine. Have to play, but the money is forcing them to pay. <laughs> yeah, have to play in the content. Like, ten, yeah. like, obviously, we don't have to do anything on. Yeah, on like the NFL football, is but. like, okay, we we're not adding an extra bye week. So sorry, guys, go out there and play. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I think the Patriots are going to be fine. I think, like you said, it was they kind of rushed back a little bit. Cam Newton again had uh, led the team in uh, rushing yards by a huge margin. Um, shout out. He, you know, had the two picks, but that's going to happen when you, you know, you he was out with COVID, hadn't practiced in a long time, and the facility was shut down. Did get sacked four times though. Um, Denver looked, I don't want to say good, but they looked decent. I mean, Lindsey came back, had a, came back with some force, twenty three carries for one hundred and one mm-hmm. yards, but Drew Locke. Um, I know at the beginning of the game we were talking to our former producer, rest in peace, El Greg, and he was. Um, <laughs> I didn't know how you were going to fit it in this time. He was saying, "Oh, this is a bit. I'm going to do this every time I talk about him." <laughs> I love it. It's funny. But um, he was saying how uh, Locke looks pretty good in the the beginning, just couldn't get anything done in the red zone, couldn't finish yeah. drives, and then looking at the box score, that's exactly what you can see. You know, ten of twenty four, hundred eighty nine yards. And two picks. So, and he, yeah. you know, 10 24. God is god awful. Yeah. So they're definitely <laughs> wanting, I mean, he's coming back from injury. So they want him to be no a doubt. game manager. Jerry Judy, um, Jerry Judy, um, for being such a high first round pick, he's got to hang nailed, on to the ball. You nailed Ants the Kupo. You nailed, what was the first one? What was the first one? I nailed Tua Tungavaloa. Tua Tungavaloa, and you stumbled on Jerry Judy. <laughs> I said, Jerry Judy. <laughs> God. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, he um for being the fifteenth pick um in the first round, he apparently has the most drops on the season out of all the first round really? wide receivers taken. Yeah, so Damn. he's got a he's gotta play better. It's he's gotta be got better. to play better. It's gotta be better. You can't um, look around at your boy Henry Ruggs balling and you you're out here dropping balls all day. Yeah. By the way, Henry Ruggs, I was just watching some of that game before we came on. He someone needs to get him a sandwich. He Henry is, Ruggs? yeah. You mean C.D. Lamb? No, I'm at C.D. Lamb. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. wait a second, they're off this. No, 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 not Ruggs. C.D. Yeah, too many not, Alabama receivers. To, he's so skinny. Them. I mean, I'm sure he's jacked, and I'm sure he's stronger than me. But I'm like, dude, like you're coming out of your pads, man. I was a uh, tangent now. Uh, did you you watch Hard Knocks, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That corner, whatever his name was. Oh, my was, God, the little one the from team. the practice that squad. That guy was so small. Who talks too much? <laughs> yeah. He's, oh like, running God. up to Aaron Donald and him standing there. And Aaron is just kind of like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. He's got that energy yeah, that no. matches, like, that tiny little body. Yeah, that manic energy. I was like, I... I know that guy. I hate that guy. Yeah, I know that guy too. <laughs> I'm Aaron Donald. I'm like, dude, like, can you Bruh. just cool out? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But Denver, I don't think it's for real. I think the Patriots will bounce back. I just think it was, you know, it was a good win. Good for them. I mean, they beat a really good team. I do remember a season once uh, a few years ago where we beat um, that team that was supposed to be really good in the New England <laughs> Patriots, and it meant jack shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. Well, that was the last Blake Bortles year, right? All right. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. 
I know Joe is not watching the NCAA uh, football, nope. college football this year. So I just wanted to tag on a few things. Um, Bama rolls. I uh, don't know if you caught any of the highlights of this. What is this? Are you are you not watching highlights either? What, what's going on there? Um, it's funny because uh, I think it was after after the boxing fight, the boxing fight after the boxing match. Uh, they played a highlight and like I saw it and now I was like, oh, that doesn't feel good. So I just turned it off immediately. So yeah. I guess I'm not watching. I I'm not really watching highlights um, if it comes on my Twitter timeline I may look glance at it like there was that um uh the Tennessee I think it was the Tennessee quarterback threw like three interceptions like within a minute yeah that and like two of them were pick sixes um so I saw that but like I haven't I don't think I've seen a highlight from my fucking hurricanes this year at all so that's crazy yeah. but yeah. um so I'm going to give you the rundown real quick of everything you need to know. Uh, Georgia, apparently with this super top-ranked defense, looked good. Going into the half, they were actually up uh, 2024 on Alabama. Then I don't know what Nick Saban said, but Alabama came out and rolled them 41-24. Um, there were a few That's SEC. That's the headline. Nick Saban was allowed to coach. That yeah, that positive. That was pretty But I guess it crazy. was a false positive, they said. Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're doing like two or three tests in a row, so in that way they're kind of like, nah, this, this isn't a real positive. A couple of um, upsets. You already alluded to it. Tennessee got upset 34-7 to by Kentucky. Um, South Carolina beat up um, number 15 Auburn, so they'll probably fall out of the oh, top Oh, they finished 20. that out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they'll probably fall out of the top 25. I did want to say uh, Clemson put 73 on Georgia Tech. Um, as a former small Division One school athlete, I will tell you we've played former national champions the year after they've won and never – ever gotten rolled by that many points so suck it georgia tech <laughs> um i know clemson well, I mean, lost last year but georgia still tech really a just d1 school in football <laughs> as long as georgia because they beat uh they beat miami last year so yeah well and then that whole thing that happened this year with uh florida state i don't know what's happening with fsu so they come out mm. um they well i know what's happening they change quarterbacks so they come mm. out and they look like trash um and then um just don't look good at all, and then hang on, let me pull it up. And then um, all of a sudden they uh, beat number five North Carolina. They hang on to win that game. Um, they got this new guy in there. Uh, they yeah, Jordan Travis. That's well, they the finally guy. Traded their their quarterback. They took Blackman out. Yeah, yeah. So um, they put in Jordan Travis. Talk about skinny. Um, that guy was fucking real thin. He should never yeah. have been allowed to play quarterback. He was getting tossed around like a rag doll last year by those men that were on Miami's off defensive line. Oh, I feared for that kid's life. Sorry. Well, the new guy they got in there, Jordan Travis, is not um, a quarterback in like the old school sense, obviously, because nobody is anymore. They always go with the uh, <laughs> kind of guys that can dual threat guys, um, like uh, Jaheim Allen out of Buffalo. But he's uh, six foot one, two hundred <laughs> pounds. Um, you like how I gave that to you? But yeah, so this is this is the crazy thing. So he was eight of nineteen passing, eight of nineteen for one hundred ninety one yards, and a pick. But here's the thing. 16 carries for 107 yards so and two touchdowns. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I don't know. So they the if you're in North Carolina, I don't know what you're going to do. I guess they're doing something like that. <laughs> I mean, they didn't look – it wasn't the old school triple option, but they're running some sort of, you know, um, hybrid. RPO, uh, yeah, run option hybrid thing. So it's um, – that was interesting to see. I don't know if FSU is turning it around with the new quarterback install or if they just got lucky against uh, North I Carolina. So. I mean, North Carolina obviously has one of the best coaches in the, the history of college football, so I think they'll be able to. Mac Brown? Mac Brown? 
We're going to say Mac is one of the best coaches in the history of college football? I think he I caught him in the I second tier. I think he tier. caught lightning in a bottle with Vince Young, but I mean, he, he, he caught lightning in a bottle with those Texas teams. Um, mainly the Vince Young. I won't even give him the Colt McCoy ones. Um, I would say he had better talent around him, but I, after that, I mean, there's a reason. I'm just going to let you keep doing job. it. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, he, that, that wasn't his you only like, stop. You were like, well, and, with the. <laughs> No, I would give him the Vince I Young. I think here, I would put him in. But I would not put him in the top, like Bear Bryant, Nick Saban. I wouldn't put him in that tier. I'd put him in the tier below that, or maybe the one right below that. I like didn't know who's in the any tier school. Below that. If well, that's what I'm saying. One of those two tiers below that top one. If Miami came to you and said, "Hey, you can keep the young dude, Mike, whatever his name is, DeCast, Manny Diaz. What's his name? I don't know." Yeah, you can keep him or you can have <laughs> Mac Brown. What are you doing? I want Manny Diaz. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> what are you trying t- to make my Mac point? Mac Brown's like 80 years old at this point. I don't want Mac Brown. No, that's anymore. true. I honestly he didn't think walk. he'd come back to coaching. I just think, you know, he ran his course at Texas, but, I mean, he had a lot of good teams that were in a, the running a lot of years. I'm talking about before Vince Young even got there when he, like, f- was first at Texas and they were like, Texas. I don't got to say that. I'd have to, I gotta go do he there for like deep dive on years. Yeah, I'd no, have to. Yeah. No. He we'll get back to that UNC. next week. He coached at UNC before he got to Texas. That's why UNC. I know, but wasn't he at Texas back. for like twenty years or something? No, I thought he was there forever. I could be Hold wrong on, on that. I don't. I, I don't follow college. The only college football Texas. I follow is another great segue. The only college football I follow <laughs> is Florida Atlantic University is taking on Marshall this week. Ooh, Marshall is a 15-and-a-half-point underdog. Marshall is ranked for the first time in a few years. He got the they Texas are 4-0. We are 1-0. Oh, I thought it was 88. <laughs> 98. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to look up how many I'd put him in the third today. tier, though. I'm just going to keep <laughs> dropping tiers. I'll put him in the third tier. Um. I think North Carolina, what I'm trying to say is I think North Carolina will bounce back and still finish out with a good season. Um, not making the playoffs, but I don't think any team other than Clemson from the ACC is making the playoff. FAU is taking on Marshall. Let's get back to this. Um, Marshall's favored by 15 and a half. I know FAU is 1-0. Uh, the Taggart offense looks horrific, as I said last time they played. Games keep getting postponed because of COVID. We had 19 positive tests between coaches and staff two weeks ago, so we'll see what happens. Um, At Texas, he only had yeah, four... So- he had four years where he was in the top five, and he coached for... I did not know you were going to do the deep dive on the show. 5, 6, 7, 8, 12, 13, About 16 years, and he had four top five finishes. I don't, This guy's not a second, third. Jimmy Johnson's better than Max. I'd put him in the fourth <laughs> tier. The fourth tier. Um, All right, maybe it's just the name that I recognize. Then it's the name. It's a name good credit. name. Like, he has a great name, which is and he came which up is funny. The time where we started paying attention. Yeah, that's true, and it's funny because I hate it when people are like, "Oh, well, it's the name," <laughs> and that's what I just did. Uh, I'm such a hypocrite in life. God damn it! Uh, um, I can tell you who's dropped out of the rankings. Uh, Auburn dropped out. Tennessee dropped out, and Louisiana, yeah. who used to be the raging cage, uh, all out. <laughs> Did they lose? I guess so. I don't know. Coastal Carolina. Well, they were. Um, 
Yeah, so um, fun fact. So we moved up to Conference USA when they did all the conference uh, switching really? around. So FAU and a few other schools moved up to Conference USA. Um, Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, stay, now it's just the University of Louisiana, I guess. Yeah, they, stayed, yeah, they dropped the name. Um, in the Sun Belt. They've stayed uh-huh. in the Sun Belt, and they've just been dominating the Sun Belt for the last like three ah, or four years. Solid. But it's sad to see they got they got bounced. It's weird. So we've won Conference USA like the last two or three years in a row. Still never ranked. Don't understand <laughs> it. Crushed Memphis in a bowl game. Destroyed SMU last year by like 40 points. SMU was ranked this year. I don't well, get this it. This year but it's, it's anyway. because of, uh, what's the name, Boogied. Boogie down Bronx. Uh, well, Lane. Lane Train. And we've only played one game. We've only played one game. That is Well, there's teams that played no game. They're in the top five, but we're not going to get to that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Big Ten. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on. World Series, as predicted by your host right here, Brennan T. Comedy. Brennan Tassif predicted Rays, da- Doyas, Dodges. Bra- Brandon? Bra- Brennan? Shit. Sorry. Um, Brennan you got it going on 100%. a year now, and he still is done. I'm going on it. Brennan got it exactly right. Uh, he kind of went chalk because they're the two number one teams. Went chalk, baby. Um, and I kind of I wanted to have some flair. I wanted to put the Padres in there. Um, but yes, um, how we got here, the Rays went up 3-0 on the beloved Houston Astros. Um, and then, (laughs) and then the Astros won three in a row to take it to a game seven. And I could tell you how, uh, nervous my friends were because we're in a group chat and we were texting the whole way through the game and they were screaming essentially at their TVs at every, dude, I was freaking out cash made. Um, they got up early. Thankfully they got up early three Oh. Uh, was it three zero? Yeah, three zero, and then they got a security run yep. late in the game, and then um, when they took Charlie Morton out, they were like, "This is the dumbest thing ever." And I'm like, "Guys, you gotta relax. There's always weird things in a game seven. If we go back and look at the um, Cubs game seven, Joe Madden was looked at as like a maniac for some of the moves he made, but then yep. it eventually paid off in the end." Um, so I was like, just keep your cool, keep your composure, and then they give up two runs, and I'm like, keep your cool, keep your composure, keep your composure. <laughs> and then they put in. We can't uh, freak Adam, out out there, you guys. Then they put in Adam Gase's son, apparently, because this guy had the buggiest eyes I've ever seen uh, since Adam Gase's <laughs> introductory press conference. His name was, uh, I think it was Chris Fairbanks or Kevin Fairbanks. I don't remember. But um, he was able to get a, a nine out. I think it was nine out save, not nine out, six out save, two innings, and um, the Rays move on. And AL MVP yeah. was a uh, Randy. Damn it! How do you say his name again? Shoot, Randy. I a Rosarina. That's there we go. Um, that's a name you should learn. Everyone should learn because that kid is gonna be a star. Um, and the Dodgers, I live in Atlanta for those that don't know, and t- this city has a lot of bad breaks when it comes to sports. Um, they were yeah, up 3-1, sure. they were up 3-1, lost 2, and then lost last night, and turned on the game to see Kike Hernandez, after I got off work, to see Kike Hernandez bomb a shot to, uh, I don't remember where it fell, but I think it was left, left field, and then... 
the coolest. He he's probably one of the coolest baseball players. Cody Bellinger swagged out a home run oh, late yeah. in the game, and then uh, Rob and then Mookie Betts was just robbing fucking hits all over the place. Um, so that's how we got to Rays Dodgers. Game one is Tuesday, I think Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, yeah, I'm psyched. Who are we taking? I'm going Rays, man. I said the Rays are gonna win. This is yeah, the year obviously. the Rays win it all. Is the year of Tampa, Tampa this year, Tampa Bay year? I'm still taking applications for a new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> for, and, All right, so we both have the Rays. I got the Rays in five. Rays in five. Rays in five. Rays in five. I'm gonna say Rays in six. Um, it's gonna be. Well, interesting I'm gonna bet Rays in four, how, five, six, and seven. So. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna be bold. Rays in three. Um, it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> To see what happens to Kershaw because Kershaw did have a Kershaw-like performance in this game, uh, in this series Ooh. where he uh, gets to the sixth inning and then gives up like 18 runs in a row. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what will happen to him. Can he? It, literally, he can rewrite his whole narrative by just winning a World Series. If they win a World Series, he has a halfway decent game. He can rewrite his whole narrative as a postseason choker. Yep, his entire career he can do. All right, on to the Beautiful. Questions. All right. And be surprised how quick. And- quick! Maiman hits. Quick hit. All right. Uh, we'll move the first one to second. We're going to do this live on the air. We're going to move the first one to the second thing. Go with the first one. Okay, so I'm going to do the, the second one first? Yes. All right, cool. I so I was listening to... Uh, huh? I just finished talking a lot, so I want to give myself a breather. <laughs> All right, no problem. I uh, was listening to uh, the podcast Two Bears, One Cave Today with uh, Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer, two very funny comedians. We don't uh, name other podcasts. Sorry, but um, they uh, it was really interesting. So they were talking about um, taking on uh, pro athletes um, in sports, and it was hilarious. The setup, you know, Burt Kreischer was talking about Aaron Donald, and Tom Tom just goes nope, and he goes no, but <laughs> he goes nope, <laughs> but then they got to talking hey, about it, and then it kiss. made <laughs> yeah, it it made me think about it where I was kind of like I wonder because I know you play basketball like crazy. Um, you know, I still work out six days a week, even though I don't play anything anymore. But um, I wanted to ask the question, do you think you could take a retired pro athlete in any like drill or game? Like, obviously, you know, you can't play football one on one. So it would be a drill yeah. in my case. But like, do you think you could take someone one on one as far as like a retired pro athlete? Like, I'm not talking about legendary Hall of Fame status. OK, but, like, if I just, <laughs> okay. If I'm I just, just pick uh, someone out of a lineup, fifteenth like guy on the bench. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but seriously, because I mean, those guys are still like, like yeah. I said, I, I got to meet athletes. Ryan Davis the other day, and uh, he uh, he's still like a big dude, and he hasn't, you know, he hasn't played in the NFL in a couple years, and uh, you know, after all the COVID thing, he was going to play in the CFL, but ended up not, and like he's still like a big dude, so it's like looking at him, I'm like. I know who you are because I'm from Daytona and like I follow the Jags and stuff. So I know who he is. But I was like, most people probably don't know that he's a former NFL player. But still, like, I wouldn't want to like do an Oklahoma drill against him. Like, he'd still probably fuck my ass up. Oklahoma, you take your head off. I know. That's what I'm saying. So, 
But I was thinking about it, and I don't think I'm coordinated enough. I'm not good enough at basketball to take anybody. So I, I'm going to go with no for me. But I'm I was just go thinking with about a it. Hard no. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to. I'm obviously anybody listening probably thinks I'm the one who'd be like, yeah, I could totally. But I'm very realistic about my athletic ability or lack thereof. So no, I don't think. I mean, I think I think I could hold my own. Say we're in a pickup game or something because then I have people yeah. I can rely on. But just a one-on-one, it could destroy me. Shooting drill, it yeah. destroy me. I maybe could beat Dwight Howard in a three-point shooting contest. Maybe. <laughs> but he'd probably destroy me because there's no fans. And he's probably going to shoot threes at, like, the best of them. Yeah. Well, and it's it's another thing, too. It, it, the the thing that made me kind of chuckle about it was Bert was like, well, hold on, hear me out. Like, what if – and I was just thinking, like, I wonder how many, like, just regular people who have never – you know, he played sports, but I just mean it made me think of the broader question. I wonder how many people are out there who didn't play any kind of sports who just think like, oh, well, like we talk about all the they time. They stopped playing at, say, middle school, but they're like, oh, I know. I can, yeah. I can do that. Yeah, I used to play. So, But I wonder how many of those people, like when we talk about all the time how – People are just like, oh, they suck. Like, oh, the yeah. the Alabama team could beat the Jets. It's like, no, they couldn't. I guarantee yeah. you, they couldn't. Like, I that's not how this Alabama works. Could beat the Jets, but <laughs> I think Alabama and we're like when the Jags don't play players. <laughs> yeah, but, but when like the Jaguars don't play well, and they're like the University of Florida could take them in football. I'm like, no, they couldn't. No, they no, they couldn't. No, no, no. So it just that's what that's what made me think of it. So that's why I just wanted to bring it up. I'm glad we are both level headed enough to understand that no, we could not. Yeah, no, 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 no. That, that is uh, that is asking for an embarrassment you're not ready for. Um, okay, so there was a boxing fight. Did I just do it again? I tried. I knew. I walked myself up to the line, and I still made the. Same I was gonna say it if you did. It. If you said boxing <laughs> match, I was gonna. You mean a boxing fight, right? <laughs> it was a boxing match. Um, that was a great card this past weekend. Um, a lot of young guys uh, showed me some things. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's had now 15 pro fights. And um, he, the longest fight he's had is like a minute 30 because he just knocks oh, wow. everybody out. He like uh, he was fighting this dude, punched him. like Within the first minute, the dude had a cut on his eye. And it was wobbly, and the ref just cut the fight off. That fight was real dope. Yeah, it just um, ended it. Just go look back at the card. I'm, I'm not, not pulling up the names. Um, lead up to the second fight was very good as well. Went the distance. Uh, that fighter, the fighter I thought was going to win, won. Even though he started out very stupidly, he's an orthodox fighter, which means he fights with his, his right hand, his power hand. But he came, he started the match... In southpaw stance, so his left hand became his power hand. But then the person he was fighting was orthodox, so all that does now, it's hard to be uh, southpaw because your face is right next to that person's power hand at all times. Yeah, you lead right into their power hand. Yeah. Yeah. So when you step, he was taking shots in the first round, and I'm like, and then he took some shots early, and I was like, what the hell is this dude doing? And then he eventually switched into orthodox and started holding his own. I was like, all right, good job. And then he was kept switching back and forth. I'm like, you keep getting the shit knocked out of you when you go southpaw. You're not a natural southpaw. Stick with the orthodox. And then he eventually rode the orthodox out, rode the orthodox out and won the fight um, because he was just better at <laughs> once it got down to. Yeah. Um, all this to get to the big fight, Lomachenko versus... 
Tifo Lopez. Um, this was a championship bout. It was a unification, so all four championships were on the line. Three, Lomachenko had one, Lopez had. Um, this was probably one of the most interesting fights I've seen of Lomachenko have because he's patient in early rounds, um, but he, he was more patient. Like, he really didn't throw... For, like, the first four rounds, he threw maybe... 20, and eh, that's, that's, he probably landed like 20 punches. Like he was throwing oh, wow. nothing. He was just walking around, just trying to stay out of this kid's range. And the kid got a lot of those early rounds, but I was like, okay, he's going to turn it on eventually. He didn't probably turn it on until like the seventh round. And so now he's like in a 5-1 hole trying to dig his way out of that. And then it became a real good match. And then in the 11th round, he completely took it. Um, he took the next like four rounds straight, four or five rounds straight. Yeah. Um, and so I had. Well, I heard some of the, the scoring final, was kind of messed up. The scoring was. I'm not even gonna get into the scoring because I don't understand okay. how they had that big a chasm at times. Yeah, but, there um, was a huge gap. That's going into the final round. I had it six uh, five um, to Lomachenko, and then in the final round, the young kid Tifo Lopez, who went on to win the fight just put it on him like I was like okay he's too tired his hands are down Lomachenko just going for a knockout blow like the kid's kind of stumbling and then he just turned it on bit down as the announcers kept saying um and just started giving him his best shots and really held his own and to the point where I was like okay this is either gonna end in a tie or Lopez wins by a very narrow margin and then he won by a chasm that I did not agree with, but uh, yeah, he was, was the say, better fighter the, that night. Yeah, I, I, that's what I heard. So I, I didn't watch the fight, but um, in a lot of the recaps, I heard that the scoring was way off, but the <laughs> winner, the guy who won the fight won the fight. But even yeah, the scoring no. was completely wet. Lopez out. was supposed to win the fight, but the scoring had it way off to me personally. But um, no, it was good to watch. As my old the, high school coach used to say, "You got to find whatever you got to find and finish this." <laughs> it was it was good to watch like some real good boxing. Um, I've never been a UFC guy. I like boxing, but there's not a lot of great matches because, like the Tessator said, like uh, the Mayweather era was a lot of strategic. Hey, try to just get the big cash yeah. grab and not really look for the best fight. Whereas this and ESPN now has a contract with top rank so you don't even have to pay for extra for the fight. It was just on regular ESPN and it was just oh, good cool. fucking boxing. <laughs> well, I'm always glad to hear like when you said that he found whatever he had to find to finish the like when Lopez is just kind of like, "No, nah, we're going to end yeah, this now." Man. Like no, I always like, like that better than like running out the clock kind of stuff. Yeah, like in the 11th Lomachenko was just giving it to him. Like I was like, okay, this is the Lomachenko I've seen before. This was his first fight in like 14 months as well. So I was like, this yeah. is the guy I've seen fight before. But then in that 12th round, like, because in the 11th round, the kid kept dropping his hand, kept dropping his hands, and I was like, he's tired, he's gassed. This is the longest he's ever gone in any fight. He's not. These are. This is why we call these the championship rounds because we're testing what you have at the end when you have nothing left. And then he just yeah. fucking turned it on. And just started delivering shots, standing his ground, walking him down, walking him into the into the ropes, and walking him into the corner. And yeah, no, he he went out and won that fight. Good shit, man. Boxing is back, baby. Boxing's back. 
There's another fight. Terrence Crawford going to be fighting in November. I'll be watching that one as well. Hell yeah. Um, last one of the quick hits. I wanted to get your outlandish pick currently uh, 500 or under to turn their season around in the NFL. Not talk, excluding our teams, obviously, because we don't need to talk more about I didn't our think my teams. team was going to turn that, it around. <laughs> and by that, I mean I don't need to talk more about the Jaguars because you don't really do the Philly thing as much as I do the Jags thing. But, um, I, I ripped them. Not to make... Not too yeah, much. Yeah, that's true. But, I guess. Not to I'm make more the just playoffs, on the but injuries because everyone on our team is fucking hurt and it's fucking annoying. <laughs> but yeah, I can imagine how annoying. Fulgham still good apparently. John Hightower yeah. dropped a no doubt touchdown in the first drive. I was like, "What the fuck is? Why is he on the field?" <laughs> and then I look oh, at Pittsburgh with Chase Claypool fucking running all up and down. Ooh, the, the pride of Notre and Dame. Then, and then. Sorry, you just reminded me of something I thought of instantly. T. Higgins is balling for Cincinnati, was drafted in the first pick of the second round. And I was like, going into that draft, I was like, we have to go after T. Higgins because he, I don't know if I said this last week, but he is basically the replacement for Alshon Jeffries. He's a big possession receiver. He's also fast. Why are we going to get fucking Jalen Rieger when we could get somebody who's going to be here for the next 10 years to pair up with Carson for those jump balls. And I look at him and Joe Burrow, that's going to be a connection like similar to fucking Chad Johnson and Carlson Palmer for the next couple of years where they're just going to have a great one-two punch. And I have fucking Jalen Rigger who's already on the fucking injury reserve and Alshon Jeffrey hasn't just off for a game. And I'm relying on John Hightower and fucking Travis Fulgham. Sorry. The teams that need to turn around a seat. <laughs> <laughs> so the quick hit question was one, um, one crazy pick, a team that's 500 or under that you think can turn it around. Not to make the playoffs, not to like do anything like that, but what I'm saying is like to finish strong to where going into next season people are going to be like, oh, they, they, they might have something. You know, i.e., the Cleveland Browns of last year where they rattled off a few wins towards the end of the season, something like that. Okay. Um, I'm going to say the Carolina Panthers. Um, they came into the season with very low expectation. Uh, new head coach, um, uh, Teddy. Wow. Teddy Two Gloves. Teddy Bridgewater's last Teddy name. Teddy Two Gloves, last, Bridgewater. Gloves last name for a second. <laughs> um, Teddy Bridgewater uh, getting his first like real starting job since uh, his injury in Minnesota a couple years back. He backed up in New Orleans for a while. He played five games last year. They took a chance on him after letting Cam go. And um, once, uh, I think it was week two when McCaffrey went down, nobody really had any faith or any hope in them. And they are 3-3. Three and three. They're 500. Um, they went and got Robbie Anderson from the Jets because the Jets are stupid, and they just let go hmm. of good talent. Um, they got DJ Moore, and uh, their defense looks better than a lot of people anticipated. Uh, they were talked about at the beginning of the season, a lot of uh, preseason outlooks. Their defense was basically supposed to get walked over. And um, it hasn't been. Teddy looks good. The head coach, whose name I can't tell you right now, but I know he came from Temple. Uh, he Joe looks Daly. good. Joe, Joe Daly? No, There's Joe Brady coach. was the uh, LSU OC. He's their right OC right. now. But, um, no, the coach okay. is Matt Rule. Matt Rule from Temple. Matt Rule. I'm sorry. He was at Temple. He went to Baylor. Yeah, yeah, Matt Joe Rule. Joe Daly? What the, the fuck am I even talking about? <laughs> I was like, Joe Daly? What? But, um, yeah, no, they, they look like um, they may know what they're doing. Teppers may have made a good decision 
uh, moving on from the Newton contract and moving on from Ron Rivera. So I think they're going to have a better season than a lot of people anticipated because they're already having a better season than people anticipated. For sure. I agree with that. I was actually thinking that that was definitely one of the teams I was thinking about. I was going to say Dallas, but then I started watching the first half of the Monday Night Football game, and I've changed my pick. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with um, the Miami Dolphins. So I really think that uh, Brian Flores is one of the best up-and-coming coaches in the NFL. I really think after the success they had in the last six games last year, going into this season, they've kind of really built on that. I think Fitzpatrick is definitely playing as a serviceable, if not very good quarterback in some games. I think they've got Tua Tungavaloa getting ready. He'll probably finish out the season. If not, if he does play at all, it'll probably be to finish out the season just to get some reps in. And I don't think the defense is overly um, astounding, especially after all the pieces they traded away last year and the year before. But I honestly think they're going to finish above 500 and it's going to shock a lot of people because a lot of people think the Dolphins are trash and I'm not one of them. I believe in the Miami Dolphins. Brian Flores, probably the best coach out of that Belichick coaching tree. Yeah, for sure. If we're not counting Mike Vrabel, if we're, I'm going to say Brian Flores. Yeah, I'm going to say Vrabel is a part of the Belichick lineage. I'm going to say but not the tree. Flores is actually on the tree. So that's going to be um, our first T-shirts you can get. Um, it's going to be it's just going to say Belichick lineage. <laughs> it's going to have a tree with a, a big oak tree with a big X through it. That's <laughs> all right. Time for the walk-offs. Welcome to the big leagues. Oh, I'm All right, time, time for the walk-offs. The walk-off portion of the show is going to be short essay, one written by Joe, one written by me. The um, standard kind of appropriate response is we will not interrupt. We'll let the person finish, um, and then we will leave it open for discussion. Um, All right. Who's going first this week? I, I don't remember. I never remember who went first the prior week. I know. I, I think, think I went first last week. Did you go first last week? What was my... Was basketball Yeah, because... Week? Yeah, basketball was your last week. You went last. Okay. All right. Then I'm first up. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Shut up, Brendan. I get to tell him that because it's time for me to talk. All right. Uh, I went with... Uh, my title is Come On You Whites. Uh, it's going to sound weird. <laughs> but... um. It's about Fulham Football Club, uh, and they're the whites. I mean, that's they primarily wear white as their uniform color. So, all right, the Scrappy Cottagers just got their first point of the Premier League after five games. Uh, for those that don't know, a draw is worth five points for the, and uh, a win gets you three. So we just got our first point after five games. We sit in the rele- relegation zone, a place we've been all too accustomed to. Uh, two years ago, we were relegated as well. Uh, when we were allowed to... Wait. Oh, when we are allowed to walk around, I'm pretty sure you're going to see a lot of Man U, Man City jerseys, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenals. You know, and These are the big six. These are the teams that have the most money, spend the most money, and get the best players. Um, and they always finish near the top of the table. I can say that fans of the I I can say that fans of these teams are front runners, but I won't because when gravitating to a team in a foreign land, you're, you're going to gravitate to the team they market the most and that gets the most exposure and that has the most of talent. Um, I will just say that I know I took a weird route. 
So weird that when I was at a bar watching the 2018 World Cup in my number 10 Tom Carey jersey, a group of guys waved me over to their table. They respected that I had chosen a team outside of the norm. Um, what led me to foam is completely random. Uh, random in the sense that they don't relate to each other at all. So uh, the first reason was when I was watching America in the 2014 World Cup. We didn't make the 2018 World Cup because Jurgen Klinsmann ruined us. Um, my guy Deuce was the best player on the team. Deuce is Clint Dempsey. Um, and I wanted to know what team he played for. And he played for Full. Fulham has a long history of getting American players on their team. Every season for a long time now, they've always had an American player on their team. So much so that they're often referred to as Full America. Um, and the second reason I became a fan of the team was I became a big fan of comedian Jim Jeffries, and this was the team he supported. So I said, why not give this team my loyalty? This team isn't, it's not the greatest team, but it's not the worst team. They bounce around between the lower second division and the top tier, so it gives me a fun little roller coaster. Um, going to streamline this to when I moved to Atlanta, I was looking for a different way to make friends. And um, with my burner Facebook account, I found a group called Fulham in the South. I never checked in uh, after joining the group, partly because I don't ever go on Facebook and partly because I'm antisocial. Um, but with the pandemic and everything, I found myself just going on random things and whatnot. And I found my way back on Facebook uh, through a weird route. And um, I saw that people, when soccer came back, some of these people were getting together on Zoom calls to watch games. So I said, why not join? So I hopped in for a couple games, and it was super fun. And then Fulham got off their ass. They made the playoffs, and they won the first round of the playoffs, and they made their way to the championship. And me and about seven strangers, seven to ten strangers, um, and not all in the South. Some people came in from New York. There was one lady who actually is from Fulham, England, and she would zoom in from Fulham, England, and we watched Fulham get back to the Premier League together, and it was one of the funnest fucking experiences I had. Um, So I just wanted to talk about why I love this club, because... Yes, they're not the greatest, but when they provide joy and when you're rooting for an underdog, as Brandon always say, it makes it that much sweeter because we're where we're not supposed to be. This is the oldest club in London. I've been to actual Craven Cottage where they play their games for a game. Um, it was one of my first, it was the first soccer game I've ever been to, one of the best experiences I had and uh, a memorable part of a trip I took overseas. And so... Uh, Shout out to Fulham for getting point number one. Let's try to stay up in the Premier League this time, guys. Boom. <laughs> Everybody knows Fulham. That's where it's at. Only reason I um, really like Fulham and love the fact that you like Fulham is because Tony. TK. Yep. <sighs> Close personal friend, Tony. Get <laughs> <laughs> him on the podcast. I don't believe it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. My girlfriend hates him. talk about that. Why didn't we get a second striker in the transfer window, Tony? I've met him a bunch of times, but then I always joke and go, my close personal friend. She always goes, stop saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, mine is, um, so Moneyball just came back on Netflix, and tonight uh, for Monday Night Football was the Jerry Maguire Bowl, the Arizona Cardinals (laughs) at Dallas Cowboys. For anybody who's seen that movie, they know what I'm talking about. That's the big 
um, game in the end of the movie. So I did um, my walk off. It's kind of a, it's not elaborate as I wanted it to be, but I wanted it to be a little bit shorter. I have a lot of thoughts on this topic. Um, it's basically movies and TV and sports. Um, so I've got a lot, like I said, on this topic, um, but this is just kind of a, a, I wanted to fit it into the walk off and I didn't want to bore everyone to tears. So I'm just going to do what I've got here. Everyone listening is very aware for my passion of my passion for sports, but I am also very passionate about movies and television. I really just like enjoying great stories and storytelling, which can be found in both forms of entertainment. So it is not a huge stretch to say <clears throat> when they are put together, it is a good bet that I will watch it and probably enjoy it. I have had teammates in the past who were very business about playing. It was more of a job for them rather than a passion. I'm not saying they weren't competitive or hardworking, but it just seemed like a loss did not hurt them as much and a win did not excite them as much. I, however, am not built that way. So when a film or a television show can portray the way that I felt when I played, I am all in. I know not everyone played high school football, but watching Friday Night Lights, the show or the movie can help the viewer know what it is like. Maybe not the -the over-the-top storylines, but the feelings that we felt when we were in that world. There is no prerequisite of football necessary. You just need an attention span and a little bit of empathy. I still get very teary-eyed when I rewatch the movie and Booby Miles is sitting in the car with his uncle and he starts to scream and cry, what am I going to do if I can't play football? All I know how to do is play football. That pain and that passion shown to the audience is the, the way so many young people have felt when they were given the news after an injury that their young, short careers are now over. That is how I felt when I when football was over for me, and I was not even close to Booby Miles as far as talent. I know some of the movies, especially the completely fictitious ones, are corny, but I still find myself enthralled when watching them. The Al Pacino speech at the end of any given Sunday is something I still watch randomly on YouTube when I feel like I'm getting beat down by the world and by life. The inches we need are all around us. Also, the fear monologue about quicksand by Keanu Reeves and The Replacement is very good. I really enjoy watching these shows and movies with people who have no connection with sports because it is a very cool thing to watch them develop a passion and a connection with the team. I find myself rewatching many of these shows and movies, and I'm not sure why. It's not like the ending is going to change, but I feel like falling back into the storyline as if I'm a fly on the wall in the locker room. I am also a big movie quote guy, and I find that there are so many quotable lines in sports movies that pertain to life. Definitely when life is not going your way. My biggest abridged version go-tos are from the Mighty Ducks 3 when Gordon Bombay is having a heart-to-heart with Charlie Conway after the tragic death of Hans. When he says, I was just like you, Charlie, a total hotshot, but inside I was a mess. Or when I falter with something in life, I just remember the words of Coach Eric Taylor from Friday Night Lights, the TV show. At some point in our lives, we will fall. We will all fall. I know I'm a sad sack, but there are also so many funny moments in these movies. Like, hey, ref, if you call this game now, we can all make it in home to watch Melrose. Or the infamous, show me the money. I love black people from Jerry Maguire. And one of the best, are you outside your mind? I am so glad that there are so many sports movies and I really do enjoy almost all of the ones I have seen. I know the fact that I have had a fiery and inspirational high school football coach probably has a lot to do with why I connect with these sports movies on so many levels. But no matter the reason, I do know when a sports movie is on, it's like Novocaine. Just give it time, it always works. 
I hope our listeners also love sports movies and shows. And if not, hopefully this walk-off will help change your mind. Always remember, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Can't lose. I love that you quoted the third Mighty Ducks movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's I quoted the second one, too. The Melrose line is from the second one. Um, I threw um, in a Remember the Titans quote. I run six plays, split fear. It's like Novocaine. Just give it time. It always works. Um, we talked about this prior, but I'm terrible at quotes, so it, I'm shocked every time you do it. And I only get it when you, I mean, Clear Eyes Full Heart I was going to get because I love that show. Um, but I only get it when you tell me <laughs> that you're I know. Doing it. Well, that was the thing was that there's a lot of Easter eggs in that, that walk Yeah, off. I was like. There's a bunch of quotes where I didn't say they were quotes, but they're, they're quotes. Yeah. But, um, no, uh, to your lament that, uh, sports movie can... Uh, really ignite something in you. Uh, I remember the first time I watched Creed in theaters, and I was like, in that final round, I'm like, oh, I can feel my blood boil. Yeah. I was like, he has to win this. <laughs> well, that's the thing I love about it is like, like I still I like the remember um, or I do love remember the Titans, but I like a uh, Friday Night Lights. I love the sh- the series, but I'm a really big fan of the actual movie because it came out while I was still in high school. Um, mm. So it was kind of like no, that the thing. movie's great too. And I can't every time I can't watch it with my girlfriend. She gets it because with the whole booby miles thing. And I I literally walk around the house to this day. I constantly walk around my house. And I go, "You want to win? Put booby in." And she always goes, "Shut! <laughs> what, what are you doing?" But it's just like that whole thing. And it's and I know some of them are corny. Like the replacements is really corny. But that whole yeah. Like when I tell my story at um, like at AA meetings and stuff, I always use that quicksand riff because that's exactly mm. what it feels like. It's like quicksand, and so it's it's weird because I, you mention this all the time where you're like, man, you always just quote stuff, and I and I was like, oh yeah, I do quote a lot, <laughs> and so that's why I wanted to. There's a lot more I wanted to talk about with sports and movies and stuff, but it's only a we're, we're under an hour and a half this week, which is good. Let's keep it. Wow, like that. we're getting it better. Um, last thing I'll say for my brother, if he listens to this, I don't know if he listens to this. I'm a national champion, Mama. That was from Glory Road. Oh yeah, Texas Western against going up against Kentucky. Oh man, uh, Glory Road. Yeah, that's a good one. That and is a the good thing, one. I know a lot of people shit on the Disney sports movies, but a lot of them are really good. Yeah, but like I don't know if it's just the time that it came out, but like the replacements or the I did it again. I flip off them. <laughs> Remember the Titans is one of my is one of my favorite movies, and I again it might have been because when it came out I was that age, like yeah. playing high school football. But that 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 movie I I think is really good. But they um, are corny. They are yeah. Oh, they're corny, corny as shit, but they're but still good. I mean, they're enjoyable. Yeah, and like I oh so, I used to um. Anyway, this is for, it's for a different podcast. I was, <laughs> was going to talk about like a drinking story, but tune into Stop. my uh, other podcast for that. Oh, saving it for the other podcast. Uh, I will say a couple years ago, I watched Million Dollar Arm with John Hamm and uh, Lake Bell. It was really good. It was it? I know, I've seven seen that one. It was really good. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I gotta check. And it was out. a real story. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Hold All on. right, I time for the press out. conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. All right. Uh, You can follow me on social media at Joe Dorville. You can follow this show at Cheering Press on Twitter and Instagram. Brennan. Uh, Brennan T. Check out my album, TV by Headphone Joe. No, oh, no, E in the phone. Sorry. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, you got to plug that. Uh, you can <laughs> uh, check me out, Brennan T. Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. I also have another podcast uh, called Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy, where for the most part I will have guests on and we talk drinking stories, good, bad, ugly, and different. Just kind of a, a podcast where we make, you know, we find light in the dark kind of stuff. Um, anyway, that's Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. Again, Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We will see you next week. And that is why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Thank you for listening to a new low podcast network. We've got four fun podcasts on our current roster for you. Every other Monday, you can enjoy the Misbehavior Journal Club, a podcast highlighting exciting developments in the neuroscience community, hosted by Amiel Moreno and Leia Krebit. Get some in-depth analysis of all things sports with Cheers from the Press Box, dropping two episodes a week, co-hosted by comic Brennan Tassif and hip-hop artist Joe Dorville. Catch me, Kyle Loader, with my right-hand man, Joe Dorville, every Wednesday as we discuss a different song from the Hamilton musical soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast. Last, but certainly not least, is our network's flagship podcast, A New Low, which drops every Friday. A New Low highlights a wide variety of current events that both disappoint and encourage our five diverse co-hosts, who are Farzad, Headphone Joe, No O No E Dorville, Scott by Scott, L Greg, and me, Kyle. Every episode of all these podcasts and all of our social media details and links can be found at anewlow.co. That's anewlow.co. All our shows can also be found everywhere podcasts are available. Like and subscribe is the name of the game. Thanks again for all your support.